On behalf of the Jesuit Schools Network Conference Office, welcome to our latest episode of the Ignatian Inquiry Podcast. The JSN seeks to be a supportive resource to our member schools, and this podcast is designed to be just that, a carved out space to listen, learn, and engage. We are eager to encourage a spirit of inquiry across the many layers of our work in Jesuit education. We envision our particular brand of Ignatian inquiry to be the art of inquiry as seen through our Ignatian lens, asking questions and exploring issues that matter in our schools through the frame of our shared Jesuit mission. In this episode, we welcomed Kent Hickey, former president of Seattle Preparatory School, to tell us about his new book, 40 Days with God, a book of reflections on 40 passages from scripture about being with God in short time and tight spaces. Good afternoon from the Jesuit Schools Network. Uh, I'm Julia Andretta. I'm the communications coordinator for the Jesuit Schools Network. And today I'm joined by Kent Hickey, former president of Seattle Preparatory School and author of the book, 40 Days with God. Kent, how are you doing today? Julia, I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. It just started snowing here actually. So I'm I'm pretty excited. (laughs) It's uh, well, I'm excited because the sun is shining in Seattle. Oh, so fantastic. Anytime we can get that. Yeah. Oh, great. It's like we switched, <laughs> swapped weather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Well, just to get started, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, all right. Um, so I, uh, I'm married. My wife's name is Terry. She's uh, the uh, dean of the School of Education and Counseling at St. Martin's University. That's that's in Lacey, Washington, which is a little bit mm-hmm. south of Seattle here. Uh, we have three children. They're all in their 20s. I've been working in Catholic education for 34 years. Uh, I was at Market High in Milwaukee for about 10 years. And then I've been a head of school for 23 years, uh, eight of them at Bishop Blanchette here in Seattle. And, and up until the end of December, uh, 15 years at Seattle Prep. Uh, and so I'm just uh, recently retired, although I don't know exactly what that means right now. So uh, <laughs> I've had a great, enjoyable career working with wonderful, wonderful people. So I feel deeply blessed. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And um, Jesuit education has certainly benefited from all of your hard work. Um, But today we're here to talk about the book that you recently published called Mm -hmm. 40 Days with God. Uh, So what can readers expect from um, this book, 40 Days with God? Well, they they can expect to not get too heavy theology is one thing that (laughs) they can expect. It is, Julia, uh, 40 chapters, uh, each one probably about 750 words, so not long chapters. Each chapter begins with a, uh, a passage from scripture. And, and then I write a reflection. And at the end, there's a reflection question. So that's the pattern to it. And it's 40 days uh, with God. Um, you know, 40, obviously a big number in, in used in scripture. But the idea behind mm-hmm. 40 is um, it's used in different ways in scripture. But for me, it's, it's just enough time to be with God, whatever that might be. So if someone were reading through this book, they'd see that the first chapter is about a passage in Genesis 3, and then, and then it runs through Revelation, right? So it does follow mm-hmm. 
uh, it does kind of follow the chronology of the Bible, but each chapter is independent and each mm-hmm. chapter is based upon a scripture passage that probably isn't a famous one, right? So it's it's probably a passage. Oh, for example, I'll just give you an example, Julia, mm-hmm. is the very first chapter is based upon uh, the Adam and Eve story, but it's about it's more about the hiding part than about the eating the fruit, right? And so oh, the reflection is based upon ways that we hide from God. So I think the passages are a little bit different from what people are used to, but still someone who would pick up the book would see that they are going through the Bible pretty well and, and allows for that opportunity to, and to do it with reflection. Absolutely. Um, and you talked too of the last time we spoke about um, the chapter about Jonah and it was a similar thing. Yeah. Um, and I just think that's a very a very interesting and cool way to approach scripture. Um, yeah, so, um, taking it from an angle that you don't generally take it from. Yeah, and, and and for me writing it, it's just more interesting than just kind of doing, you know, what I consider to be the same old, same old. So, but Jonah, <laughs> that's a great example. Uh, yeah. The name of that chapter is called The Puny Prophet. And uh, that, 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 that uh, book is written with a lot of humor. And the, you know, we think of Jonah, we usually think of the whale, but I think the best part of it is his gourd plant. And that's toward the end of it. And, you know, Jonah, it turns out he's one of the most successful people in all of scripture because God gives him this charge to go convert the people of Nineveh. And usually when prophets do that stuff, they fail abysmally, but Jonah does not fail. Um, There's this huge conversion and, and the author makes sure that everyone knows, including like the cows, even the cows <laughs> are sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But Jonah doesn't like that because he doesn't think they deserve it. So afterwards, <laughs> he's, really, he's really angry at God. So afterwards, he's so puny and he's so small, he leaves Nineveh and he sets up camp at a place that he can watch when God finally comes to God's senses, God's going to destroy that place. And he wants to be able to watch it while it happens. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, <laughs> this gourd plant grows next to him and it gives him shade. And then the next day, it withers and dies. And he's so mm-hmm. angry at God and he's so puny about it. You took away my gourd plant. How dare you take away my gourd plant? <laughs> and that's when, that's when God comes and says, really? Really, Jonah? You're so angry <laughs> about your gourd plant. And you care nothing for the Ninevites and or yeah. anything like that. So it's 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 a, one of these great perspective, you know, stories in scripture, and and it's so accessible that way. And the best part of scripture is the ordinary characters and the ordinary situations. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, thanks for asking about Jonah because that's a good example of what the chapters look like. Yeah, a little different take, but one that uh, can feel a little uncomfortable for us, you know, uh, too, with with yeah. some of the messaging. Yeah. And that's what you want to with reflections like this is you want to be challenged um, in some way, or at least at least that's what I, I would want. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so you wrote the bulk of this or all of this when you were still president at Seattle Prep. Um, and also as you know, during COVID, which is still unfortunately, a large part of everyone's lives. Um, So what inspired you to write this book in the midst of being president at a Jesuit high school during such an incredibly turbulent time? Well, I 
I, a number of the chapters I wrote over the years, right? And actually wrote yeah. some of these things without really thinking of it being a book. I've taught scripture <laughs> in schools for uh, many, you know, Catholic schools for many years. I love, I love, mm-hmm. teach, I, I particularly love teaching sophomores, <laughs> you know, why? Well, I mean, they made my hair grow white, but I love teaching <laughs> sophomores. I love teaching scripture. And I wrote a lot of these over the years. But Julia, what I, what I did was, um, it really accelerated during COVID when it first hit in mm-hmm. particular. And I, I recognized it was a form of escapism. And I think one of the things that I didn't do well um, as president uh, was find ways to separate myself from the pressures of the job. And um, I, you know, I probably, I probably lived it too much, which really isn't healthy in the long run. And so what I found myself doing was Sunday was writing day during COVID, mm-hmm. you know, because so much of the weekends, mm-hmm. you know, Saturdays and evenings and such was so driven by everything related to COVID. I found myself writing, praying more, praying over scripture more, writing more. Mm-hmm. And I was a blessing from God that I was able to do it. So really, I guess what I would say to you is that I did it during COVID because I had to. And I did yeah. it when I was busy as a president because I had to. And I, I guess I would just encourage, you know, I'm, we're talking to people right now, right? Aren't we that are busy, mm-hmm. you know, really committed professionals and such. And and I just think whatever it might be, I mean, this was my form of escapism, whatever it is, do it. And then what ended up happening is I, I think I did about 20 chapters. I sent it to Paraclete Press. That was the publisher. And, you know, I, I, I kind of was surprised. They came back and said, we'd like to publish it. Why don't you do another, you know, why don't you double it and do the 40? Mm. So then I, you know, then I really got going on it because like, oh my gosh, it's actually got published. So yeah. that was kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah. That's great that they accepted it, that they were so, you know, excited about it. Yeah. Um, that they wanted you to double what you had too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. But you know what? That was super good because it uh, put me kind of under some deadline pressure and stuff. And, um, mm-hmm. and it really got me even more motivated to do it. And so yeah. I loved writing it and when it was done I was sad you know when it was done yeah. a big big part of my life was over and I don't know that I'll ever do anything like this again so it was yeah it was a moment of grace from God when I really needed it and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just thankful for the experience and I'm hoping you know that that people enjoy it I've, I've received some really positive feedback not just from my my mom um but from <laughs> as well and um but uh but no it's it's got some good feedback and I think the reason why is, you know, it is accessible for people. And mm-hmm. I find it, um, I find praying to be really hard. Like, I, you know, I'll suddenly start just thinking about all these, you know, other things going on in my life and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, wondering why the Packers lost last weekend. <laughs> these kind of things. So I don't yeah. really pray well. I pray well by reading. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are that way. And these are short reflections and so it does lend itself to praying, uh, and, and but does have enough flexibility in it that people kind of can take it where they want it to go in their own prayer lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned to me in an earlier conversation that you also got to record the audiobook uh, for this book, um, which I was very excited to hear. Uh, so I would just like to hear what that process was like uh, and what what you liked about it, what you didn't like about it. <laughs> yeah, like what, um, what's it like to record an audiobook? <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, my thought to Paraclete Press was, you know, maybe De Niro or Brad Pitt. 
Um, <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't work. I mean, didn't know, pan out. Uh, there was not enough money and not enough interest. <laughs> Con- but, conflict. So I got to record it, which is certainly a lot cheaper. I <laughs> also enjoyed doing that. So mm-hmm. I, I want to thank my uh, colleague at Seattle Prep, Adam Othman, the wonderful uh, director there, right? And so he not only loaned me the equipment, but he really helped me with with how to do it, right? Mm. And so, uh, yeah, doing the audio book, I would just take a chapter at a time. And uh, I don't, you know, it's going to come out, I think, in early March. The hope was that it would come out uh, prior to Lent. I'm not sure if that will exactly work. But right. I, I, I think it reads well as a book. It might even be better as an audio book, though, because, you know, I, I often thought about it as being a great commuting thing, you know, whether mm-hmm. you're, you know, in a car or, you know, walking to work or biking, what, what have you. I think it might be a good way to start a day. If Let's say you want to yeah. take one a day and you listen to it and, and pray over the reflection question. It might be a great way uh, to do in, in a way it kind of becomes an examine. Um, mm-hmm. but just from a different perspective each day, but yeah, I love doing the audio book. I, you know, whether or not it's any good, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see when it comes out. Oh, I'm sure it's great. Because we'll <laughs> I love it when audiobooks are recorded by the author um, personally. Like I've always loved that because like that way, you know, that they're reading it the way that they heard it in their head, um, which I know some people won't. Some people don't think that's very important. You're like death of the author folks, et cetera. But I like, I think that's, that just adds a level of authenticity to it. Um, and so I was very excited <laughs> to yeah. hear that you had recorded the audiobook as well as writing the book itself. Okay. Um, I think that'll be great. And so I, yeah, I hope I, once that comes out, that will be, that will be on my list for sure. Oh, well, thanks for um, that. So it's you course. and my mom, there's two. <laughs> you've, okay. got, you've got two? Yeah, so I got that going for me. You've got and two I, definite, yeah. <laughs> definite purchases. And I just to let you know, like the proceeds for this. Oh, I yes. Never, I never saw this as a moneymaker for me in any way, but there's a a wonderful a woman at uh, Seattle Prep. Her name is Regina Melanson, and she started the Learning Resource Center there. She's really a, a national expert on, on how Learning Resource Center should work. But anyway, Regina mm. is also retiring this year, and we have an endowment at Seattle Prep named for her and her wonderful husband, Wayne, a great mm. Catholic educator in his own right. Anyway, any of my proceeds from, from that book, from the book will go toward the uh, toward that endowment. So. Oh, that's fantastic. So yes, yeah. even more even more reason, uh, even more incentive to buy the hard copy and the audiobook. <laughs> yeah, do, both. Um, do both. Yeah. Like there's no reason because that way you can read along. There we go. <laughs> while like you listen. You, I like the way you think. I like the exactly, way you exactly. Think. <laughs> um so with this book, uh what do you hope to leave readers of the book with? Is there something that you would like them to feel once they've finished the book or something that you want them to come away with after each chapter? Um, are there questions you want them to ask themselves? What What is an experience you hope mm-hmm. for with people who read the book? Well, uh, when I when I served as a head of school, um, mm-hmm. I had a really simple um, goal, um, I, and I and I mean this literally, not figuratively, that every Catholic school should be a slice of the kingdom of God on earth. What does the mm-hmm. kingdom of God look like? And our schools should reflect that. And I use that all the time in decision-making um, to just get down to, um, well, I say, I, I want to be with Jesus. 
you know, I want to be with Jesus. I want to, I want to be part of God's plan, whatever that might be. I'm not saying that this book unlocks the key to that. I'm just saying that my hope for the book was that the person who reads through this, particularly if they're reading through with the Bible, which I think would be good too, just Mm -hmm. grows closer to God. I mean, this is just one of many ways that we can go closer to God. And, you know, this is a, this is a pretty accessible, pretty approachable book from scriptures. And sometimes, you know, since I've been teaching scripture for so long, I think I sometimes forget that for a lot of people, scripture feels intimidating. Mm -hmm. And yet really the best part of scripture is that uh, as this wonderful Jesuit, Frank Matchka back in Milwaukee would say, it's really about ordinary people and ordinary stories. Mm -hmm. And I think it is very approachable. I think it is very accessible. And I guess my hope is that maybe this uh, book might be an entry for people to know and love scripture more. And the whole point of scripture is to know and love God more. So yeah, I guess I have a big goal, Julia, which is <laughs> yeah. that we grow closer to God. Um, I, grew, I grew closer to God writing it, and I think people might grow closer to God reading it. Um, mm-hmm. And and uh, uh, that might not sound great, I guess, but I, my, my point, I guess, what I'm trying to make is that um, it is accessible, and it's just one way to approach God amongst the many ways that you can approach God. It might work for some people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I think that is a big goal, but I also think it's like, it's, it's a big goal, but also achievable, if that makes sense. It's not like, oh, that's crazy that you want that. (laughs) Like, I think, I I, want that. And I think that's a very real, yeah. I think there's, I think there's humor in it. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I, I I enjoy humor a lot. And uh, Mm -hmm. so I think humor helps to make things accessible. So um, I, there's, there's humor in there and it's, uh, it's talking a lot about human qualities of people and such sure. with these people like, you know, I talked about Jonah, Jonah is a resentful person. Mm-hmm. Well, how much am I resentful? I, I have a tendency to move toward that and such. So yeah, I, I, I think it might be enjoyable for people to read, uh, for, to grow closer to God, but also they might find it enjoyable, some of the humor, or just some of the stories associated with it. Absolutely. This is only tangentially related, but I just want to make sure I say this. Um, Everyone that I have met who enjoys teaching sophomores specifically is they're like some of the funniest people I've ever met. So I don't know what that like, I don't know what that overlap is. You know, Julia, sophomores are really barely human. Let's just be honest. Okay. And they are, they are anyone in high school, they are in totally in that in between. right? Right. And so why sophomores are so fun to teach is there's a level of vulnerability and mm-hmm. honesty to them um, that yeah. is entirely refreshing. And I I have always found them to be totally enjoyable. But you'll talk to a lot of high school people who are like, I'll teach anything, but don't put me near those dance floor. Exactly. It's <laughs> yeah. either one or the other I've found. Yeah, it's yeah. like people either love teaching sophomores or they hate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I, I'm, yeah, I'm going to miss that. Maybe I will go back into do some teaching at some point because I, I think right. I don't think I'll ever be ahead of school again because that time has gone. I don't have sure. really a desire there, but I, I I don't know. I have a feeling I might end up doing some teaching some more because I, I do love those kids and I love mm-hmm. teaching scripture to those kids because they come in and they are adamant. Number one, they probably don't believe in God. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, and number two, um, it's like you, you're not. I'm not going to enjoy this. I'm not. You're just, yeah. I'm going to show you how much I'm going to enjoy it which is a great challenge, you know, and, mm. I, and I, and I love it. I love that challenge. 
That's awesome. Yeah, my my uh, band director when I was in high school, who was one of my favorite teachers that I ever had, used to say every year when he would start with the sophomores, he would say sophomore means wise fool. And he wow. would just kind of look at us all. <laughs> Yeah, that's like, the Greek. Uh, that's the Greek. And okay. it really hits. Uh, it, yeah. It, it absolutely nails it. They think they know. Oh, yeah. They don't. Uh, and, and, but again, I think that also is the vulnerability and the honesty that they bring. And yeah. so, uh, and our kids now today are more vulnerable than they've ever been before. And they've had greater hardships than, oh, than absolutely. any other generations. And so they're, they need more of our care. Uh, and so, for example, I've given this book to a lot of former students and current students, you know, and because I, I, I think it also is accessible for sophomores in high school, you know. And so, um, yeah, so I, I, they, they need a lot. Let's put it this way. They need, they need a lot of care right now in their lives. And, and thank God for Catholic schools. Thank God for our Jesuit schools because mm-hmm. their personality is at the heart of it. And, uh, and it's needed now more than ever. Absolutely. Uh, with that in mind, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit and okay. <laughs> and ask a question that I just thought of. Um, is there a chapter that comes to mind, and it's okay if there's not, but is there a chapter that comes to mind specifically uh, that you think of as being important or relating to Jesuit educators in particular? Um, is there a, a chapter that stands out as being something that would be particularly, um, I don't know, consoling or helpful yeah. to a Jesuit educator? Um, yeah, uh, there's a chapter called uh, The Perfection Illusion. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, and that's for, based upon Ecclesiastes chapter four, okay? Okay. And so the, the scripture passage, so this would be kind of a typical one, but the scripture passage here doesn't point in the direction of the reflection that much, but the scripture passage is this. Better is one handful with tranquility than two with toil and a chase after the wind. So I think Jesuit educators, and maybe this is for all of us, we get hung up with the perfection illusion more and more. I'm mm-hmm. struck by the fact that at one point, um, the, the number of people that were falling to their deaths at the Grand Canyon due to selfies, because oh, the Grand Canyon <laughs> itself is not enough it has to be you at the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. Or if we're looking at students, they're looking at colleges and, 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 and colleges, uh, the brochures are all about the fact that, you know, if you go here, you're going to be spending your time uh, scuba diving in the barrier reef, or you're going to yeah. spend your time curing cancer. And at some schools, you'd be curing cancer while you're scuba diving at the barrier reef. And so exactly. the, the enemy of Jesuit schools is often perfectionism. I think the standards are exceptionally high and the people who work these schools are very driven. And -hmm. I think one of the things that COVID maybe has taught us more is not, I'm not talking about settling here, but what I think is really important for Jesuit educators and and the students at our schools is to understand that we're not called to be perfect. What we really are called to let recognize our gifts that God has given to us and to put them in the service of God and to do so Mm -hmm. joyfully. And if we do that, all you know, to quote Julian of Norwich, all will be well. And we mm-hmm. shouldn't get so hung up on much more besides that. I, I wish that we as um, Jesuit educators had, had give ourselves a break a little bit more and, and give each other a break a little bit more because sometimes we're really tough on each other. So that's a chapter that stands out to me, the, the perfection yeah. illusion. 
you know, and, and the great, and the line from Ecclesiastes is yeah. Chasing after the wind. How much do we yeah. really, how much is our efforts chasing, chasing the wind? And there's no meaning in life if that's the case. Uh, so that's a chapter that kind of stands out to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Um, my, the last thing I'll ask is where listeners can go if they would like to learn more, if they would like to buy the book, uh, or if they want to learn more about you, where they can find you. Oh, sure. Well, you know what? Um, since I am retired, uh, <laughs> I'll, give you my, I'll give folks my, uh, uh, my email address is kenthickey13 at gmail.com. I do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've done retreats in the past at schools, and but I haven't had much time for it. I'd like to do more retreats. So if someone has yeah. any thought of that, do it. But if anyone just wants to connect, that's fine. Um, I, you know, now that I'm retired, I, you know, obviously during the middle part of the day, I, I nap. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'm always happy to answer uh, emails or other parts of the day. But in terms of the book itself, it is published by Paraclete Press, a wonderful place. But of course, it's available from our dear friends in Seattle from Amazon. <laughs> and uh, and again, the uh, paperback is out now, but the audio, I think, comes out in early March. So some people have uh, talked about using it for Lent, for example. It might not be out mm-hmm. quite in time for Lent, but it would be around that time period. But again, I think that will, that will be on Audible. I think the uh, audiobook comes out on Audible. Great. Great. Well, thank you so much again. Um, it's been wonderful to have this conversation with you. Um, I look forward to listening to the audiobook. <laughs> I'm very excited about that. Um, and I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah. Um, well, you too, my friend. Care. And happy, <laughs> happy Friday to you. Happy and, Friday. Uh, and, and enjoy that snow. Yeah, enjoy the sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All, All right. right. God bless you. Thank Bye you now. This episode of the Ignatian Inquiry podcast was hosted, recorded, edited, and produced by Julia Andretta and directed by Dr. Kristen Ross Cully. If you enjoyed the episode and would like to hear more, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the Jesuit Schools Network, please visit www.jesuitschoolsnetwork.org. Stay curious and set the world on fire.